0: Asking the right questions will unlock your best life. They are the keys to enjoying more clarity, passion, balance, and confidence. Hi, I'm Todd Parker.
1: And I'm Bridget Sampson. We're certified executive and life coaches, communication professors, trainers, consultants,
0: and most importantly, Parents. We're also dear friends who love diving into those deep conversations about life, relationships, family, and careers.
1: All things about being a curious and compassionate human on this planet.
0: So please join us, and we know you'll find something valuable that resonates with wherever you are on your journey. Welcome back to the Right Questions podcast. This is episode 15. I'm here with Bridget Samson, my partner in everything. Bridget, how how's it going today? Are you, I mean, I know you're excited for our conversation, so you're not allowed. I'm going to take that one away from you. (laughs) How are you this morning?
1: Okay, I can't say I'm excited. I'm just happy. I am happy to be here. (laughs) And as we were saying, we've had many guests, if you're listening and you haven't gone back and listened to our episodes with all of our amazing guests, I encourage you to do so. So it's kind of fun that today it's just you and me, Todd, and I love the excitement of having a guest and I also love the balance of, it's just us, we know each other really well and we're just going to have a great conversation about something that I know we both care very deeply about and that I think will offer the listeners some great value.
0: Indeed. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, so the topic today, I'm just going to get right to it. And that's why I said, like, how is your morning going? Because the topic today is all about morning specifically the question. What is your morning routine? What's your morning routine? What does it consist of? Do you even have one? Have you thought it out? If you have a dream one in mind, what's keeping you from creating it? Now we're going to talk about some of the benefits of creating that routine, but we're really going to you know, pull back the curtain and just give you insight into how we start our days, how we start our mornings. And maybe Bridget will let you know, I can honestly say it's not every morning. It's almost every morning, but sometimes things interrupt it and I get little pieces here and there. I have to sprinkle them across the day. So it's not to say that I don't also fall off my morning routine here and there, but on the whole, I have a very specific morning routine. Bridget has a very specific morning routine. It's changed throughout the years. It's been, and throughout even the weeks and months it's well thought out and we're going to encourage you to do something by the end of this episode to take what we're offering you not to do what we're doing right Bridget I mean we're not trying to say here's what you should do we're just trying to say here's what we do here's what the research says what are you going to do what do you think, Bridget? What I you completely
1: agree. And I, I want to share my morning routine has changed and evolved and grown over the years. So we just want to share what works for us. And you may want to take pieces of it, or you may want to research further anything that we talk about that works for us. And so we're just offering it with encouragement for you to have a morning routine because, wow, that sets up your whole day, right? The way that you start your day and investing a little bit of time to mindfully practice the routines that best set you up to be of service for the day, to enjoy the day, to move through the day with calm and grace and being the best person you can possibly be and living the life that you want to live. Because the truth is, we're not guaranteed... Anything. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. When we wake up in the morning, we have this day in front of us. And so the morning, what we choose to do in the morning, I believe firmly sets us up for the entire day. So it's so, so important. And we're, we're really, really happy to share some ideas with you about that.
0: You know, we are life coaches we are executive coaches we have this topic come up I, I mean bridget we talk about it constantly which is what the the spirit of today is and why we're having this discussion for all of you and sharing it with all of you because it comes up in coaching quite a bit whether it's personally or professionally how we ground ourselves how we the foundation as you were just talking about bridget the foundation that is our life Many argue, not everyone, but many argue rests in our mourning. And since self-fulfilling prophecies, I say it all the time, self-fulfilling prophecies can go every which way, up, down, and sideways. If we're not directing our ship in the the ways that we want it to go, then really it's going to go wild. I often use the metaphor of like a wild Mustang or wild horse Bronco out out you know on the prairie just running wild, and that is a a metaphor for our minds like our minds run wild and unless we do something have practices in the morning to focus our mind on the things that are most meaningful most important to us um we we may never um well metaphorically throw some reins around that horse and and tame it it's good to tame the mind right so that's what we're gonna do today what's your morning routine bridget do you know what the research says about morning routines? What do you know? What does your mind even tell you or what do you know about morning routines and the benefits of them?
1: I think the research would say that they're very important, that they are helpful for mind, body and soul and that that I Well, Todd, you are the researcher, so let's let you do your thing. <laughs> I research when I have question. to. But I want to hear from you. And I think all our listeners want to hear from you what the research says.
0: Right. Oh, thank you. So, just to ground this in sort of what the science and the research says, and, you know, there's a number of books written about morning routines and, and a number of research studies at that. But just to quote one, and I'll sprinkle the research across our, our discussion, but just to quote one a gentleman, Hal Elrod, who wrote the international bestseller, The Miracle Morning. He also He also wrote, I think, a follow-up to that, which was Miracle Morning Millionaires, because he found a relationship between earning money, wealth, actually financial wealth, and how we spend our mornings. Um, So you may want to look into that. Um, But here's a quote from him. He says, how you wake up each day and your morning routine, or lack thereof, dramatically affects your level of success in every single area of your life. Focused. Productive, successful mornings generate focused, productive, successful days, which inevitably create a successful life in the same way that unfocused, unproductive, and mediocre mornings generate unfocused, unproductive, and mediocre days and ultimately a mediocre quality of life. So by simply changing the way you wake up in the morning, you can transform any area of your life faster than you ever thought. Possible. That's Hal Elrod, The Miracle Morning. How's that hit you, Bridget?
1: I love it. I could not agree more. And the and yes, it just reinforces everything that I know. Intuitively, and that I know is true for me when I practice my morning routine and when I don't practice my morning routine. And I didn't know the part about the, the millionaire part, but Todd, you and I work with some really successful people as we've had many guests on who are definitely in that millionaire category. Our past two
0: guests, um, they all have morning uh, routines. You know, Kalika, uh, Brie, right? Kalika, yeah. K- Kalika, yeah. Yeah. Quan, yeah. Waterman, right? Larson. Everybody, Quan. Connor,
1: they all yeah. have for sure very intentional, very beautifully crafted morning routines that serve them in all the ways that you just described from the research. So excellent research, Professor Parker. You know we are professors <laughs> as well, everyone. So don't forget that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, so I'm going to add increased happiness, reduce procrastination, boost confidence, improve overall performance. So it's kind of like those infomercials where it's like, why would, wait, but wait, there's more. Why wouldn't you want it, right? And it's all within your control. So if we could, there's some other parts to it. I mean, just to comments on what it does for our optimism, a study of uh, analysis of Twitter, right, of Twitter, right, which is an, a nice insight window into the mind of of people. We use the word super and awesome more often from 6 to 9 a.m. than we do any other time of the day. <laughs> I love <laughs> right? that. That's and, so true for me. <laughs> and we have, like, it's just say we have this, like, kind of this tank of Call it optimism, call it patience, call it tolerance, right? We have this tank, we're only human. And by starting our mornings in a specific way, they found that we can really Increase the volume of our tank. We can fill our tank if it's empty and then we can like, you know, last longer across the day. Say maybe use super, you know, those words super <laughs> and awesome a little more. Even at Later 4 into the p.m. Right.
1: <laughs> the 4 <laughs> yeah. p.m. dip. I don't think I'm saying awesome and super a lot, but I love it. I'm gonna do that now. That's my first tip is make sure to say awesome and super throughout the whole day, because then it tells your brain <laughs> that things are awesome and super. That is so fascinating. I love the this fascinating uh, material that you find somehow that you dig up, Tom. So, Bridget,
0: <laughs> thank you so much. I want to know what is, maybe don't give us all of it. Don't right? Okay, I know, if you like, give, do, you, how, you,
1: how deep do I go? Now I'm going to ask
0: the question. <laughs> yeah, how do you, give us, like, the first, the give us part of, like, the first part of, actually, here's my question for you, Bridget. What have you found is the need for you to have your morning routine? Like, why? do you personally get up and are committed to doing it why do you do it
1: i have a better day it's that simple i'm calmer i'm more positive i am more able to be true to myself and follow through the day that i want to have i eat the way i plan to eat you know going deep inside and really solidifying this is how i want to live my life and this is this day matters So I eat healthier, I live healthier, I feel more positive, I feel more connected to other people, because going inward, I make choices about being kind and loving, you know, loving kindness, uh, meditation, and, you know, so it completely shapes how I go about my day and how my day goes. So that's why. And, all right, so I'll just give you the first few things. No? Yeah. What
0: time do you get (laughs) up? What time do you, let's start there. What time do you get up?
1: Usually Between six and seven, but ideally For me, and I've learned this from all my teachers and everybody out there, I have practiced and gone to so many classes on this and worked one-on-one with so many amazing teachers. So forgive me if you're out there and you're one of my teachers, but I have done deep, deep study. And I am a Reiki certified. I am, you know, I've done lots and lots of practice myself, Reiki one and two certified. We've done all kinds of spiritual practices. I'm Kriya initiated, yoga, the ancient yoga techniques. So a lot of this comes, it's this kind of mix of all these studies that I've done for my, for my whole adult life. So Should I just give you the first couple things?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So you wake up between six and seven, and then what do you do? What do you immediately go do?
1: Well, before I say that, I do want to just add that my perfect sleeping hours, and I believe some research has shown for many, many people, are 10 to six. So that's my, I I believe, firmly in eight solid hours. I know it's difficult if you have young kids, and I wasn't able to do that when my kids are young, but for me, it's 10 to six. So first thing I do when I get up is I go to the restroom, of course, and then I get back. I do my practices. My morning practices are based in Ayurvedic principles, which is Eastern spirituality and mind, body, soul, health and wellness. And I learned them from Sharice Kruger, and I must say that. I've been to many, many classes. Her husband is Adam Kruger, who's a fellow podcaster. You've got to listen to their podcast, Enhanced Living, Adam's podcast, which Sharice is off and on. But many people in our circle, yeah, including Kalika and guests we've had, follow Sharice religiously because she is trained in all of this. So she taught me all the Ayurvedic practices. And to be honest, when she first started teaching me, I was a skeptic. I was like, I don't know. About all this stuff, so know that it took me a while, and I've been doing all of this for five or six years, and it has been a game changer in every single way—mind, body, spirit, health, wellness, all of it. So, first thing is called tongue scraping, <laughs> and you get one of these gadgets. You can get them on Amazon at a at a pharmacy oh, anywhere. You gotta
0: jump on YouTube. Yeah, if you want to see this see what, what, she's hold, what she's holding? Super simple
1: device. It's called a tongue scraper. This is an Ayurvedic principle. So. Forgive me for getting gross here, but we all know when we wake up in the morning, we have all this white gunk on our tongue. And apparently there are millions, thousands, millions of really bad bacteria on there. <laughs> Scrap- Screptococcus, I can't even pronounce all of it, but I tried to read. I'm um, just trust me on it that you can read all these articles on tongue scraping. So you take this and you get all that gunk off. And apparently brushing your teeth, mouthwash, everything else we do does not cut it like tongue scraping does because you get it off, you get it out, you rinse this thing off and you'll be disgusted by all that white gunk that comes off, but you get it out of your mouth and it's supposed to be super, super healthy. Okay. And then it's oil pulling, which is also an ancient Ayurvedic practice where you put a little bit of oil into your mouth, and you can mix essential oils if you want. And I choose to use thieves, and sometimes a lot of people like to use mint essential oils as well, and you swish it around in your mouth. It's like mouthwash. I mean, we know the proven benefits of mouthwash, your dentist will tell you, but oil pulling is supposed to go a little deeper because it's oil, so all the bacteria in your mouth and all the bad stuff in there binds... To the oil, and you swish it around, and also the thieves is supposed to have antibacterial properties and to prevent sickness. You can believe that or not believe it. There's some research, not a lot. Does so
0: it steal? Does it? Yes, does it it's supposed is it, like, it to right. It steals. It steals.
1: Without, like, so honestly, since I've been doing this for years, I don't get sick. I really don't get sick. Or if I get sick, I get a little bit, and I, I never canceled the day at work. Anything I can since I've been doing that. this, I can attest really?
0: to, to the to the um, well to the amount of sickness that you yeah. Experience. I don't. I've certainly known you quite closely for you know many, many, Thank many you, years, a you know, decade plus. And, and that, you is, don't get sick that very is
1: one of the claims, although I will say the research – If you're really, really demanding of like hard scientific peer-reviewed research, which I understand, it is not there as far as I know. But it's, again, ancient Eastern spirituality, ancient Ayurvedic, which is the sister science to yoga as well, says that this works. For me personally, it works. But also oil pulling just gets everything out. So it really, really cleans your mouth out. It is The claims are, again, you can research, but I have experienced whiter teeth, fresher breath, a much fresher, cleaner mouth, not getting sick.
0: Bet Neil appreciates that.
1: Yeah. So, you know, lots of, <laughs> we feel, I feel, why well, get these benefits? So here's the thing some people love it and some people hate it. So it may be for you, it may not be for you. I've, I've, I've recommended it to people who are like, oh, I can never do that. And also you can do it for as little or as long as you want. I actually do it for about 20 minutes every morning. That's the recommended maximum. I keep it in my mouth. It's just a little bit, keep swishing it around because it keeps pulling everything off the teeth, the tongue, the gums. Oh, it's also supposed to reduce gingivitis and all kinds of mouth diseases. Oh, I forgot to say, cavities, dental health. So growing up, anybody who knew me growing up can attest to my parents. I had cavities every single time I went to the dentist since I started oil pulling about six years ago. Not a single cavity, not a single need for any dental care. That's my anecdotal experience and all people who believe and in Bridget, oil pulling will tell she, you she doesn't
0: she doesn't sell tongue scrapers. No, or we're not selling anything. <laughs> no,
1: nothing. So yeah, that's right. She just just, selling she just enjoys it. Health and, and happiness. I'm feeling good. That's all. So I'll stop there. But what I do is then I go into my meditation. So I do my oil pulling while I'm meditating, which is also lovely because it m- helps me make sure that my nose is very clear because I have to breathe through my nose. So I blow my nose, make sure to get it all clear. I know a lot of people also use the neti pot to clear out their nose, but mine is pretty clear. Right regularly but you know just another thing that I don't do but that lots of my friends who do these kinds of things is the neti pot. So then I go with the oil and the essential oils in my mouth and I use coconut oil mixed with thieves essential oil. I go back into the bed, try to go quietly because nails usually still there my husband and I meditate and I use I have 5, I have no less than 5 meditation apps. <laughs> so I pick from one. I have zillion meditation teachers who do guided meditations who I love, 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 including Tamara Lovett, Sarah Blondin is amazing. Um, Jeff Warren. There are so many. And I pick which meditation I want to do for the day, which is 10 to 20 minutes. And I oil pull while I do that. Sit up upright as, as we're recommended to. And I do my guided meditation for 10 to 20 minutes while swishing the oil around in my mouth. That's just the beginning. So there you go. I'll stop there and see what questions are, or if
0: you want to how, share yours. How long, how long does that take you? How long, what's the so time So I'm from?
1: probably at, after meditation, I'm at like 20 minutes now. If I did okay. it, usually I do more like a 10 minute meditation. So,
0: so. And I asked that question because one of the challenges towards having a morning routine of any kind of, you know, structure and, and ritual can be like, oh, there's so many things that get in the way, right? Like I have young kids, I've got, I have a nine and a, a six-year-old and, you know, they just turned nine and six. So I have, you know, it's just starting to get where my nine-year-old can do, you know, a number of things, you know, my six, right? But I have to balance all that. So I only bring it up to say like, there's plenty of time if you are intentional about carving out the time and you want to change your morning, you can so we're just take that. Let's take that excuse right away. Right. There's books devoted to this. Like the 5 a.m. Club is a fantastic book. Like I don't wake up at 5 a.m. every day. I do. Sometimes there are times where my morning starts at 5 a.m. and I go quickly and walk the dogs, which is, you know, one part of something I do. But that's not every morning. It's not the most common thing. Right. But what I hear in your morning, Bridget, is reflection and ritual. Right. Is one of the you know, one is kind of if you think of the categories that you're trying to achieve, like the 5 a.m. club, again, great book talks about moving, reflecting, growing, right? There's three kind of categories, right? If you were going to take an hour and take 5 to 6 a.m., that's why I asked you, when do you wake up? Right. Because when people say on the time, it's like, well, when do you wake up? What time did you go to sleep? And to your point, Bridget, the research says, I mean, it's not research, but we know in, uh, inherently we have a circadian rhythm. We have a rhythm to our bodies, right? And so if we're, um, if that rhythm is off, if we're not synced up, if we don't have that rhythm, you know, in flow, then we're going to experience some some issues. So getting up and going to sleep at the same times, to your point, 10 a.m. to 6 a.m., are actually the first suggestions for having healthy sleep habits and for starting your morning off correctly. So it starts the night before, but then getting up, right, moving, reflecting, growing, like to the point about the book at five, the 5am club, that's just three categories that you can fill with whatever you want. And that's one strategy, 20 minutes. They recommend five to 520 move. 5.20 to 5.40 reflect, 5.40 to 6 a.m. grow. But it's to say that's just one idea. If you get up at 6 and you've only got 30 minutes or if you get up at 6.30 you only got 15, 30 minutes, there's something you can do and we want you to start somewhere. So.
1: I do want to say, Todd, on that note, I love everything you just said. And I do this routine even if I have not gotten anywhere near enough sleep. You know, I mean, everybody knows you and I do a lot of training and we sometimes have to do crazy hours because our clients are international. So we, Todd and I have done training at like four or five in the morning where we have to get up at two or three, right? Because we're working with folks somewhere else in the world. I still do the practice because even more so when I'm meditating, I'm saying to myself, even though I only slept three hours, I have... Plenty of reserve energy. Today is going to be a great day. I'm going to show up for this training as my best self. Even more important to do it and to still take that 20 minutes if I haven't gotten enough sleep. I just want everybody to know that. And one other thing, I just want to say one last thing about my routine because I don't want people to think that's not true. You're
0: going to save 10,000. No, no, just one thing. And then I want to, and then (laughs) we need to hear about your
1: routine because the cool thing is you and I have different routines. After I do all of this, I brush my teeth. I don't want anybody to think that all this oil pulling and scraping is in place of brushing your teeth. But after I meditate, I go and I spit out my oil and then I brush my teeth thoroughly with an electric, really high quality toothbrush because I'm not saying that any of that replaces toothbrushing, but by the time I get to my toothbrushing, my mouth is like super, super clean already. And that's like, it's like I've done the deep, deep cleaning, right? It's like your house. And now the toothbrushing is just like the surface for shiny whites. So anyway, we should hear about yours, Todd. Tell us about yours.
0: Well, you said something interesting. I'm gonna answer the question of like why I do it, because you you got me thinking of it. You know, my – I don't always – I definitely don't wake up in a good mood all the time. And I've gotten so much better at it. And when I say in a good mood, it's just like I'm not awake when I wake up. I'm really not awake. You can ask anyone who has slept next to me, kids or otherwise. Like I am not – awake, it takes me a second. I'm like a bear in hibernation that requires like some jolting. So like my strategy used to be just get in the shower. And that is a strategy that's recommended, right? Like if I have to do something, I like, I used to try to get as much sleep as I could. And then wake, I would have early classes to teach or early trainings, right? You know, 7, 8 a.m. And I'd be like, ah, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sleep as long as I can. I'm just gonna get in the shower and shake it off. And you know what? That was okay. I may do, but once I changed my morning routine, actually created a morning routine, I should say, it really, it had um, just exponential uh, effects to it. Just it, And so the reason I do it is because I don't wake up. And part of that is, I don't sleep well always. I had, you know, a little sleep apnea. I have allergies. So, I you know, I know I don't breathe that great. I've improved that through exercise and a number of other things and eating. Um, I also – my hip hurts, my right hip. I even wrote a blog about it. I call it – my dad calls it the Parker hip, right? Like I have my hip, my right hip. I'll wake up. I'll toss and turn. So some nights I don't have a great night's sleep. I also have two young kids and up, you know, they, they wake up, they come and you know, daddy, I, I need this. I want that. I want some cuddles even. So it's interrupted sleep. I don't use that as any form or by any means an excuse to not do my morning routine. I actually look forward to it because I know how valuable it is to me. It sets up my day. So it's a necessity for, it actually is most important. That's what made me think of it. Uh, what you said, it's most important when I feel like i don't have the time when I feel like I don't want to do my routine and and since it's become such a habit, I now really look forward to it so what's my routine? I, I get up sometimes at five, as I said, but often I get up around six o'clock, sometimes even six thirty but it's often around six and I do I go get coffee right away. I need some coffee that's part that's like my shower. but I take my coffee and I immediately go outside to my meditation chair, so I go out there with Louie. you know I have my kids part of the time. I have my kids 50% of the time. They live 10 houses down the street the other 50% of the time. So I see them an awful lot. But um, in the mornings, right, I have some time to self. So it's not to say that I don't have my own, you know, you know, two days where I'm alone. But I also have them the other part of the time and on the, and weekends, right. So there's a lot of juggling. And I had to train my kids to allow me to have this time. And I do mean train them like, and they even come out and do it with me sometimes. And they'll sit and meditate. So it, it makes for some good bonding. But I go outside of I sit in my meditation chair, I open my eyes as wide as I can to wake up and I, without my glasses on, right? And I try to bring in as much of the sky and the trees and everything as possible. Because one thing I know about myself, and this is, again, not about recommending what you need to do, but telling you how I know myself and what I know I need to do, and then encouraging you to do what you need to do for yourself. I need to be connected to nature. I just need to, I need to do it every day. And if I start my morning with it, I'm in a much better place, just spiritually, my soul. So I sit outside, I drink my coffee, I start to do my breathing. Right? So I have uh, some deep breathing that I do just to get my, you know, that you talk about cleaning out your nose, right? I'm just trying to <laughs> get myself to, to wake up. And then I try to hear what my mind's doing. So I let my mind wander to wherever it's going to go. And I start it by just listening to what's out there. That's what I call really deep listening. I learned this from my father, John Parker, who teaches uh, mindfulness and meditation. is just really deep listening to whatever's there and identifying it and naming it in my head. So I'll be like, a dog barked. Oh, there's a pigeon. Oh, I don't know that bird, bird singing, right? So I'll just start doing that wind blowing. And then as the day, as it starts to go on, I start to hear traffic. And if you listen real deep, you start to hear all these things that you didn't begin to hear, including... Your internal voice talking about all the crap you gotta do that day, right? So stress starts floating through, tasks start floating through, self-doubt starts floating through, in between. And what do I do? I go back to, oh, there's the traffic, there's the bird, but I identify the thought first. I go, oh Todd, you're kind of stressed out about the, 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 the and I just then I just let it go away. Oh, look! You, you you're thinking about all the tasks you have today. Yeah, that's right. You do have those, and then I let it kind of float away. Right. That's my initial practice, and what Eckhart Tolle calls that uh, Tolle, Tolle, however you want to pronounce it, is watching the watcher. Right. I learned that from him. like watch, doing something to watch my mind, and also to have a practice, which is the deep listening, to bring it back to something that isn't, you know, my mind. Because as Tolle says, uh, you are not your mind. You are the watcher. Of your mind, so that's the start of of my morning, Bridget. Any questions? No, you, it's
1: would, well, probably it's so powerful, and I, I, you're making me want to add everything to my morning routine. I think my morning routine <laughs> might get longer as a result of this, time because I'm so inspired by what you're saying. And you know, I'm also a fan of Eckhart. Tole, or however you want to say it. And it also reminds me of the untethered soul by Michael Singer, where he talks about how we have the two voices in our head and there's the ego that's always chattering. You have all these things to do and you should. Oh, and you shouldn't have done that and you shouldn't. Have. And then the real us, which is that watcher who's watching the watcher and the observer. And, um, you're, so you're getting in touch with that and you're like calling that in because that's who we want to be throughout the day. That's who we want to bring with us through our day not that chattering ego that's constantly telling us that we have more to do and we're not good enough and so it's so powerful is that am i right am i cuz that's what well, I'm hearing from what you're saying
0: yeah and i i mean i'll you're a million percent right and i'll just add what it does for me is it helps me feel like reminds me that i'm not that important and i do mean that like i'm not that important like i like to feel small it's very freeing there's a lot of freedom in it, you know, it's not that big a deal. It's not, it's not like some crisis. There's not some crazy thing that's going to happen. I just like have something to do that my mind is telling me needs to get done. And then once it's done, I'm going to feel better. No, there's going to be something else on the other side of that. So I'm going to enjoy sitting here, feeling small, looking at this tree, looking at this sky, you know, because sometimes it's not always the same. For just sometimes I use the palm tree. I've talked to you plenty of times about the blowing of the palm tree. Like I'll just look at the leaves on palm tree blower. I'll watch the clouds float by. And this isn't for a long time, right? To the point about time, I spend about five to 10 minutes doing this Sipping my coffee with Louie, my dog laying. He does it with me laying on my feet and warming my toes. That's, that's part of it. I feel connected to him. Yeah, that's the start of it. I'll just add because you talked about, then you went into meditation. I, that's part of my meditation. And then I do go into a, a very specific breathing exercise to which is, you know, research back to say, uh, to recalibrate, right? To reset our system through a series of breathing and bringing, you know, oxygen in and out. So I do what's called four, seven, eight, in for four, hold for seven, out for eight, focusing on blowing the air against the inside of my upper lip. And uh, I do that five times, uh, sometimes five to 10 times, depending on how I'm feeling. And infuse my body with all that life and oxygen, and from there, that's I go straight into meditating and I dumb, sometimes do a guided meditation. I, I like the art of uh, uh mindful living and I'm gonna mispronounce the name, so I'm gonna let you pronounce the author's name, Bridget, say the name.
1: I forgot the art wait, which
0: I The Art of mind. Well, anyways, the I put the Sorry. art of mindful living. <laughs> There's so that's many okay. I that's can okay. I forget the art. Everybody can look at the I can't art pronounce of mindful it. living. Yeah, and it's fantastic. There's guided meditations in that, but one of the visions that I use, and I don't use the guide anymore, is just the, the vision of a still pond, um, against, um, you know, when you see a pond and it's reflecting the mountain range in front of you, right. Which is, I like to hike. I like to be connected to nature and for the mind to be still like the pond, like the lake where you can see the sky, the mountains in the pond, you know, that's, that's where I'm aiming. I'm not always there, but that's where I'm aiming. And when I give myself that direction, self, you know, self-guided, right. Self-fulfilling prophecy. When I give myself that vision I'm able to to calm down and seek down into it yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that. And that's another big recommendation that I've read a lot and heard a lot is finding your quiet peaceful place if it's on a lake or if it's out in the woods, like you can go there. I I do know that some research on meditation says that your brain doesn't know the difference. It's kind of just like how people vision athletes will vision, you know, winning the game or whatever it is. So, if you can really go there in your mind to that lake or that ocean front, beach, that space in the woods or the mountains, whatever it is for you, your brain doesn't know it. You're going to get the same benefits as if you were actually there, if you can really quiet the mind and go there. And meditation also, you know, is proven absolutely to reduce stress, to improve physical and mental health, right? There is plenty of research on meditation. So we don't want to, you know, Boost we don't your want to
0: memory, avoid right? the mis- more saying energy, that, right? there's just so many benefits to all of it yeah
1: yeah so very powerful Todd well, yeah okay Bridget okay
0: <laughs> tell so let's we, we're very passionate as you can tell about our morning routines Right, and I want to say it again we're, this isn't taking us a ton of time we're extending out the discussion so that you understand not just what the practice is but what it does for us why we do it how we do it and how then maybe it stimulates something in you to say okay I might try that or I'm going to try these two things. I'm going to carve out 15, 20 minutes, right? But we'll get to that challenge, all right? So Bridget please round out your routine for us yeah What's the rest of
1: it I will and I will do it briefly because I don't want people to think that this takes so much time that it's impossible to do because the whole routine even with what the rest that I'll share right now is probably a half an hour and then I'm ready I'm gonna get in the sh- I'm gonna probably work out after that and you know go about my day and then shower and, and work all day so what happens from there is that's when I leave the sanctity of you know the the space of my bedroom and my bathroom in my in, that's in my bedroom and come out into the rest of the house. And very much like you, then it's about connecting with my dogs. My two dogs are my. Really, they're not therapy dogs, but they feel like my therapy dogs. And they are just ready to cuddle. They sleep together in a little bed in uh, Neil's office. And we do close the door so that they're not like barking and going crazy, but they sleep very nicely together. And they come out and they're just full of love. So we go outside, I take them out so they can, you know, do their thing outside. And they're jumping on me and cuddling and they're so happy to see me. And then I feed them. And of course, that's why they love me even more because I feed them in the morning. And then we go outside again because they need a little bit more time outside. And so that's when I do some of the similar things that you said. I sit outside and I take in nature and I look at the trees. Yesterday, a good friend of mine, who's also a fellow teacher, has this great program called Mindful Steps 123. I highly recommend it. I get her newsletter and, and and I had read her newsletter that that recommended hugging a tree because it's, I can't remember, but earth, we had earth day recently and there's arbor day and there's all this, you know, nature, you know, uh, recognition of loving the earth and nature. So I, yesterday I actually hugged a tree in my backyard for a long time with bare feet, just as she said, I know you're all going to think I'm weird, but it made me feel amazing. You know, there's like energy to get from the tree. So I did that, but it, every morning I do sit out there and I take in the nature for a few minutes with my, the love of my dogs, very much like you and a cup of coffee. Yes, but it's very healthy coffee. It's coffee with superfoods, cacao powder and reishi mu- mushrooms and all kinds of superfood powders and healthy stuff in the coffee. I'm
0: just straight coffee. I'm just, it's coffee <laughs> I am just. know you like sugar, it black sugary and cream.
1: I use it to add superfoods, powders to get another boost of health. So that really rounds out the morning routine. But one other thing, can I just throw in one thing and then I'll be done with my morning routine intermittent cool. fasting I am a huge fan of intermittent fasting so I do don't eat. I do not eat for several hours in the morning and I love it. I know that my body is detoxifying and cleansing. You can find tons of research on the value of intermittent fasting. So my eating window, just like my sleeping window is eight hours, my eating window, I do an eight hour window about 11 to seven, which is what intermittent fasting is. It's giving your body more time that full 16 hours to clean and process and detoxify. It is proven. You can find tons of research choose your eating window, keep it as small as you can. And that's part of my morning is I don't eat until five or so hours and I don't get hungry anymore because you train your body into it and it's cleansing. And another reason I never get sick. It's just so, so healthy to intermittent fast as long as you can in the morning. And hunger is not an emergency. You can feel a little hungry and drink some tea and you'll be fine and eat when you've chosen to eat. And that's helped me maintain my my absolute ideal, super healthy body weight at at a much older age and, and I've never been able to do that before. So that's it. I will end there. It goes into all kinds of other cool stuff, working out every day, but that's where I'll end the morning. And that's just (laughs) a half an hour.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You, there's so much. Look how much you can get done and do for yourself. And that's really what it is. It's time for self. It's the time carved out for yourself to be intentional about how the day is going to go and then to go do it. But to think about it and to be with you really first. And then, like you said, to be with your animals, right? To be, to, uh, to, to hug to hug, and hug Neil. Neil. Hug
1: Neil. You remember, you know this time. Know, because Neil I and know, I talked I about remember. it in the podcast that Neil and I did for Valentine's Day, which you can all listen to. We find each other. Whenever the one who got up last gets up, we find each other and we give each other a super long hug, all that yummy oxytocin and human connection. So yes, yes, that's a big part of it too. And that's like 30 seconds, but the benefits, huge.
0: Well, you know you said people might think you sound crazy for hugging a tree i, I it, just, it certainly doesn't sound crazy <laughs> to me. You're talking to a guy that loves to be a part of nature. I mean that just this past weekend, I was in um Cambria, California, which is just a gorgeous little unknown beach town. highly recommend you check it out if you're ever trying to just get away but the um and it's not just there up or up in um, Carpinteria. There's another beach like that that I like to go to, Carpinteria, California. But what it is is I call them bedrock beaches, like where it feels like – and maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like the actual bedrock is just sitting there. There's no sand. It's just the actual like – Earth and when I stand on it, when I I feel like, you know, like you said, there's energy. The Earth is, you know, moving. It's you know, we're nobody talks about that. We're spinning at, you know, thirty whatever thousand hundred you know, thousand miles <laughs> an hour on this yep. on this spaceship earth cruising through space, right? So there's an energy to it. And and so I don't think you sound you sound nuts at all. That that sounds really Grounding,
1: grounding, no yes. Intended. And a lot of people, since you said that, Todd, just as throughout other practices that I know, a lot of people have is they feel that it's really important to step on the grass barefoot and have that same kind of connection with the earth, the dirt of the earth, the grass that's growing, and barefooted to ground.
0: I didn't even think about this, but I take off my shoes and I touch the the earth. You know, I touch the ground when I'm when I'm meditating outside. So, I'll quickly, I'll just round out my mind because, like you said, it's thirty minutes. I don't go beyond 30 minutes. I don't really have more than 30 minutes most of the time, right? If I actually want to do my routine, I've got to be like, okay, it's 30 minutes. Sometimes it's 20s. There's an abbreviated version. I get the kids to school, et cetera. I'm saying this to say you've got no excuse, right? (laughs) Yes. You listening have no excuse. (laughs) So I'm in my chair. I did my deep listening. I did my breathing. I connected to nature. I'm feeling small. I'm now doing my guided meditation. And so what I do, and I do the guided meditation real quick, is just to, to kind of still and quiet the mind, see what the mind's doing again. And then it's about my identity statement. So I have an identity statement that I say to myself, I learned this from my uncle, Joe, Joseph McClendon, the third, you can check him out. He also has, has a fantastic podcast, uh, cure for the common life and uh, has a a lot of things he's doing. I'm a huge
1: Joseph McClendon fan. (laughs) Yes. He's amazing. Check
0: him out, everybody. You know, But Joe and, you know, so I and I even got part of my identity statement from Joe and structured it after the identity statement he has for himself, because what he taught me is like, you may not always feel like the things that are in your identity statement, but the whole purpose is to direct the ship. It's to create the prophecy and to then live in accordance with. The statement, and the, and in this case, is you'll see the values that I have enshrined in in my identity statement. So my identity statement goes like this: It says, "I'm Todd Lawrence Parker. I'm a spiritually guided expression of happiness, health, abundance, gratitude, joy, hope, and courage for myself and anyone that allows me into their life." So that's the statement I say to myself after I've meditated, and I say it to myself about five to ten times, and then I reflect on each of those values individually. And I think to myself very quickly, you know, 30 seconds to a minute, how am I embodying or how will I embody that value in my life that day? And I think through what I have to do for the day and how it's going to show up. And where I ultimately end up with a lot of my time spent is on gratitude. All right. So I, I build my gratitude, which I recommend to all my coaching clients. And there's amazing research to support. Again, starting your day with gratitude. So I think I really think about all the different things I'm grateful for. It's the last part of this the reflection. Then I I open my eyes By the way I'm doing this all with my feet on the floor, my, my back straight, my eyes closed and my dog on my feet. And then I stretch. I stand up. You know Tony Robbins, who's uh, love him or or whatnot. He's got some great suggestions about stretching. And so stretching as a means of ch- he's all about changing your state, right? Change your state, your motion and action to change your state of mind. So it's one thing I stole from one of his workshops is a stretching exercise where I interlock my hands behind my head and I arch, my, put my elbows out and I arch my back and I point my toes in and I stretch for about thirty seconds to a minute and I do a big bear kind of growl. That's what my, you know, it's on. and then my kids know I'm done. And I walk inside, I give them a big hug. I connect with them a little bit. You know, we make sure they get, make sure they get fed and all that good <laughs> That's stuff. That's important. <laughs> um, and then I go into the rest of the day and I'm always in that great place. No matter how I started, and this is what I look forward to. It's what I know as a part of um, habit and practice that when I go do this, I will feel good. When I go do this, I'm gonna feel so much better than I felt the moment that I got up. So that's what I do. I no matter what it is, I go do it.
1: So powerful and inspiring. I'm honestly gonna be adding to my routine. It might get up to 40 minutes now that I'm. I've heard everything that you shared, Todd. But when you were talking about your identity statement, I just wanna, I just wanna to speak to that because you know you and I are communication professors. We're life coaches and executive coaches. So we're always talking about communication, right? And what you're talking about is how we communicate with ourselves. What do we say to ourselves? We're always talking to ourselves. And there's evidence that so much of our self-talk is negative. So you're kind of, it's like an inoculation, this morning conversation with yourself about who you really are, who you truly are in your soul, in your spirit, your core, right? And so you're going to spend your whole day talking to yourself in your mind and talking to other people. So it's just such a beautiful way to set that tone of, this is how I want to talk to myself in my mind, right?
0: You're talking about intrapersonal speech, right? Self-talk, intrapersonal. is you and I, right? Small group, you know, and then public speaking, right? But intra, you and yourself, right? There's a saying that I really enjoy. So it goes like this. It says, uh, words, this is from Kenneth Burke, he says, words are like planets, each with their own gravitational pull. The way we speak to ourselves, the words we use, I'm so anxious, I'm so depressed, I'm so fearful, right? Those words, that, the, like you said earlier, the mind does not know the difference. So if we don't have a foundation and a practice at that, a foundational practice, i.e. the morning. To see the mind doing what it's doing, as I said earlier, to watch the watcher, to get a beat on it, and then to throw those reins around it, and you know whether it's a horse or a ship, whatever you see it, direct it towards where you want it to be. That's the reason for the identity statement, right? That's the reason for those values. That's the reason for all of your practices. It's to, to point it where we want to go. So, to your point, neuro-linguistic programming, which is another well-studied topic. The words, which is all about the way we speak to ourselves, the words we use to describe situations, people, specifically to your point, ourselves, they really do matter.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just want to distinguish because when you were saying the thoughts like, I'm so anxious, I'm so depressed. If you really are anxious and depressed, we want you to get support and we want you to get mental health Assistance, a therapist, a program. What we're talking about are just those daily messages that we feed ourselves that we really want to stop and question. Is that true? Does that have to be true? Right? The work of Byron Katie was so game-changing for me where she says, any thought, anytime you're you catch a persistent thought, just ask yourself, is that true? Does that really have to be true? And who would I right. be without What's that thought? What's the evidence? Right. Yeah. And, and a lot of times we can catch that negative thinking of like, oh, this is so hard. This is so horrible. I'm no good at this. All that negative, And say, oh, wait, that's not true. Those are just thoughts in my mind that I can shift. So yes, so important. And I just want to distinguish that. Like if it's persistent and you are depressed, Please, you need, you need mental health support. And we're not talking about that. We're talking about just this negative self reinforcing conversation in our mind that's not really the truth for us and where we can come to a place of really acknowledging that that we're wonderful. Like we go about our day complimenting everybody else, right? You're, oh, you, you did such a great job on that presentation today. Oh, you're doing so wonderful in coaching. You made all these changes, right? We're supposed to, as coaches, we're supposed to strength spot. We learned in our coaching training, you know, and constantly be telling our clients like positive reinforcement. Why aren't we doing that with ourselves? So let's do that in the morning and then carry it throughout the day, right?
0: What you're talking about, Bridget, is Really, and what we're talking about is the foundation for healthy habits of body and mind, right? And really what you said in there was this isn't a cure, it's a starting point. It's, it would be to see that your mind's doing that and then make choices that help you rise out of it. Or if you're in a great place, to parlay it, right? That, like I said, we're in the whole points to get in, not in the most positive place, but to get into a productive place, a creative place, an innovative place, right? A place that is self-confident and that wants to take on the uncertainty that the day, the week, the month has so that we can – You know, as I always say, get what we want, not just for ourselves, but for everybody that matters to us. You know, the 5 a.m. Club book that I mentioned earlier talks about um, mastering our four internal empires. they put it in this great way. But I know this will connect with you, Bridget. They talk about mindset, heart set, health set and soul set. So the mind, the heart, the health and the soul Right. And so all I'm trying to do, whether it's move, reflect, grow, mindset, heart, health, soul. Right. If it's about the like the Miracle Morning Millionaires book talks about the things that were lifesavers for him, the gentleman that wrote it. Right. Like, as I mentioned earlier, right, silence, affirmation, visualization, exercise, reading, scribing. Right. Whether you're trying to nurture your career, relationship, self, all the above, what we're asking you to do is put it front and center and to devote some small portion of your day. If you got to get up earlier, do it to directing this thing where you want it to go. That's what we're here to help you do. That's why we do this podcast. It's why we do our webinars. It's why we're coaches. It's everything that we're about because it starts right here. So, Bridget, I'm going to throw it to you for some final thoughts and then we're going to. We're going to let everybody go.
1: Well, I think you summed it up perfectly, Todd. I would just say be kind to yourself. And our ask is clear on this one to develop a morning routine. We are asking you, not for us, you know, but for you to do that for yourself. And I would just say like the, the episode we shared with you a few episodes back on mini habits, it's fine to start this as a mini habit and go back to that episode too to reinforce what you've heard here. If you can start with three minutes, five minutes, That's fantastic. You will love it so much and the results that you'll probably want to start stretching it to 10 or maybe 20, right? Or maybe not. Or maybe for life, it will be a five-minute routine for you, and that's great too. We honor you and what will work for you, and we've just tried to share. And I just want to add one thing. I know this is longer than we thought because we're so passionate about it and I'm cool with that, you know, but one thing that, that didn't come up is writing. And I have had many practices also where I write in the morning. I do write at different times of the day, but for those of you who are big writers, I highly recommend Morning pages, which is from Julia Cameron's book, The Artist Way, which is very well known. She talks about just writing morning pages where you just write on, you type or you handwrite and you allow whatever comes out to come out and get it all out on paper or on the computer. And I just talked to a friend who does the morning pages, who's a fellow coach. And she said she was doing her morning pages and just getting everything out. And she came up with this like brilliant idea for a new program. And she wasn't trying to, but it just flowed out and came out. So. Writing can be an option as well, and we could probably talk for 10 more hours right, Tad, about all the possible practices that you could incorporate into your morning routine, but just know that we know there are many, many more. You may start your five or 10-minute routine, and it may not include anything that we've talked about, but you know what works for you, and you find your teachers and your books and your resources and your podcasts, other podcasts to help you figure out what that is. But that is our big ask of you, at least a, I'll say, three-minute routine at least that you start immediately and and that you know is what really works for you and see what the benefits are. And hey, let us know. Follow us. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're everywhere. Let us know how that's going for you and give us other ideas because we'd love to share them with our clients.
0: Well, you know you you reminded me bridget that you know there's a, another fantastic resource for everyone called what it's a book called what the most successful people do before breakfast all right and it's really like how do you achieve the perfect morning and what reminded me of it is they can they constantly use the example of grad students or professors who write specifically professors who write daily right every day in the morning specific time and just like your friend these brilliant, that's where we're brilliant. It's, it's actually, and it's, it's one of the benefits. So, yeah. But here's what they say to do in that book, right? They say if you, cause you might be saying, Todd, Bridget, like, darn it, like, I'm convinced. Okay. I'm going to do it. Like, I don't just want to do three minutes and I want to do. So, here's what you can do. Okay. Track your time. How do you spend your time now in the evening? Right. Throughout in the morning, do you get up and waste time? Do you check the stock market? Do you go to Netflix? Do you check your phone on social media? Like same thing at night. Where are you burning time? Where can you get some time back? Maybe step two: envision it. Right. What's your perfect morning look like? As they say in the book, is it to run a marathon? Is it so? Do you have to train? Is it to write a book? Is it? Are you gonna? You know, do you need a new skill? We're here coming out of a COVID and the pandemic. Like, have you been working on a skill for the last year? Every morning, where would you? you be to be able to make a job change if you really wanted to at this moment as things open back up? So track your time, envision what your perfect morning looks like, then work through the logistics. Step three, like figure out what's the morning schedule going to be. It could be three minutes, 15 minutes, a half hour. What do you have? And then focus on making space for only those things that are most important to you. And then the last thing, just decide. Decide what those actions are and do them. Those are the changes that you need to make. So now it's time to actually follow through with them. And as Bridget said, those mini, that mini habit discussion we had a few podcasts ago certainly help you out with that. I hope, we hope this was super valuable. We went way longer than we planned on, but as you can probably tell if you made it this long, we're very passionate about the discussion. So until next time, Bridget, thank you for such a a spirited discussion. I so appreciate you. I'm grateful for you. You're part of my gratitude every morning. So I'm grateful for you.
1: Oh, you too, Todd, you too. I think that every morning, thank goodness I'm in all this together with Todd and we're doing it all together as a team. Yes.
0: It's mutual. So, you know, <laughs> so thank you so much. So much love. And also to you, our listeners, we really appreciate you. And I'm grateful for you and all the work that you allow us to engage in because it only makes us better people. And it allows us to achieve our goal of leaving people better than we found them. So until next time, be good people and make good choices.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to the Right Questions podcast. We hope this episode sparked something that fuels your own inquiry
0: and transformation. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate and review on your favorite podcast app.
1: If you want to learn more about the work we do and how it can benefit you, check out our website, SampsonCoachingAndConsulting.com. And connect with me on Instagram at The
0: Bridget Sampson. And you can find me at Todd Parker Official. We'll catch you next week. Until then, dare to ask the right questions.